This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, in the process of grief, you're gonna you're gonna have those moments, but grief turns to suffering when you stay in that moment, and you and you just li- and you choose to become that moment. You don't walk through isolation; you become isolated. Thanks for tuning in to the Activate Podcast, a ministry resource of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon. I'm looking forward to another conversation with Pastor Christian Newsom, lead pastor of JCI. We are discussing the Christian theology of death and suffering in a new series called Grim Reaper. Today's conversation is actually uh, uh, the first of a two-part message specifically on the subject of suffering. Pastor Christian, this series is already touching lives and is sparking deeper conversations and questions about death and suffering. Um, So please remember, if any question that pops up into your mind about this subject um, is interest to you and you need to have it answered, we'd love for you to specifically send us a message to activate at takethejourney.cc. I've already answered a couple questions on this specific topic, and, and we'd love to answer one of your questions on an upcoming podcast. So please don't hesitate to send us an email. Again, that's activate at takethejourney.cc. Let's dive into the conversation today. Pastor Christian, your message on Sunday had two goals. The first was to look at some of the reasons and responses to suffering. Pastors, I've walked with individuals through difficult seasons of life. The first question that is always asked is why? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? And what I've often found is that people will be paralyzed from moving forward in the midst of suffering because their why question has not been sufficiently answered. Uh, Here's my question to start us off today. Is it really important to understand the why to our suffering? And if so, how long is it appropriate to dwell on the why before trying to move forward and take the next step? Yeah, so those are those are two really good questions. And I will echo um, the feedback. You know, I I hate to say good or great feedback, but I I think I've received valuable feedback um, on this series. When I when I heard from someone in our church who. I mean, two months ago, um, lost a family member in a tragic accident. And she told me, not only did I listen to your message, but I, I forwarded it to the rest of my family and we will be listening together, um, and talking together. And what, you know, one of the family members who was most deeply impacted is going to try to travel to Kansas city from Texas on November 3rd to hear, um, Brittany and her husband speak on their tragedy. Uh, when when a friend, a, a longtime friend who helped us start our church, um, who now goes to an, another really good church in town, reaches out and said, hey, I was a, I was made aware of your series. I want you to know I listened and I will be listening um, because he lost his brother tragically um, a couple years ago. When you hear from two or three people like that, uh, it, it just it feels um, it it feels humbling. Yes, it's a great honor. Um, and man, it just, it just makes me want to get every word right, every point right. Um, you, you really feel less like you're preaching and more like you're sitting down in a group of people who are hurting really, really badly. And they're not looking to you for answers, but they're looking to God for answers and just saying, help, help us a little bit here. So this, um, this series, I, I think in week two, maybe even means more to me than it did in week one. Because of the hunger and the thirst and the need that is so very real 
that's been presented to me. So for everyone who's reached out, thank you. Uh, and for those of you who took this message and immediately, um, and I've, I've heard several who have done this as soon I, I, I waited, um, I waited for your message to download online so I could immediately send it to a friend or a family member, or a coworker or a neighbor, because this is what they need. Uh, I, I think I'm just really, really honored that God would use this series to touch hearts like like we hoped, um, like we hoped that he would. Uh, and it's funny because we said there's two groups of people listening in on this series, those who may have suffered a long time ago, who the series is going to help them see things differently, those who will suffer in the future. And then there's a really small group suffering right now. Um, and, and we're not sure how deeply it will, it will impact you because you're hurting so much. That's the group who actually said we're the most hungry for this. So uh, please continue to teach and lead. So um, it's it's a great honor to do this series and to share this truth with our people. Your questions, is it important to understand the why to our suffering? And if so, how long is it appropriate to dwell on the why before trying to move forward and take the next step? I I think the answer is yeah. I I do think it's important to understand the why. And I think one day God will help us understand the why. But there is, as we looked at the four categories of suffering this week, I mean, one of the reasons it's really important to understand suffering is so that we can, is so that we can learn from it. There are valuable spiritual next steps in suffering. Um, some suffering is suffering that we bring on ourselves. It's the consequences to really, really bad decisions. And our next step when that is the reality is repentance. So in, in that suffering, yes, it's, it's good to stop and say, why is this happening? Is, and is it anything that I have done that I need to change? That, that understanding that why will change your life and it'll change your position with God because you find yourself in a, in a posture of repentance saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm going through all this stuff, but a lot of it is really my fault. For these five reasons, I'm sorry, help change me from the inside out. Uh, the second type of suffering is the suffering of betrayal, where you say, am I going through what I'm going through because of what someone else has done? And if and if that is your why, your, I mean, your really big next step, your lesson is is forgiveness. Um, you, you get to learn how to forgive, and the deeper the hurt, the more the forgiveness looks like and feels like the forgiveness of Jesus. That's going to open your eyes to just a whole nother level of of spiritual life. Another reason people suffer is the suffering of loss. Have I lost somebody close to me? Um, And then you really have to lean into faith because, Brandon, there's there's nothing that gives you hope in the face of loss except a, a, a kind of a creed of faith that believes in the afterlife, that believes in another life, that believes in in heaven. So if you've suffered loss, you really, you got to go to the mat with, is my faith real? Do I really believe it? Because really that is the only place you find hope in suffering loss is in, is in a life of faith and an afterlife as a reward for faith. But then there is senseless suffering and, and senseless suffering never answers the question why. That's the suffering of Job. And you never, you never understand why. Should you ask the question? Sure, you should ask the question. Uh, the second question, should we wait till our why has been answered before we move forward? Absolutely not. Um, I, I think we have to move through suffering to learn perseverance, to develop character, to have hope. And you can develop perseverance. You, you, can, you can develop perseverance. You can establish character. You can find hope even without knowing why. Sometimes, So I think we should always start with why, because that's going to unpack some really key next steps for us. But don't wait to heal until you have the why. Don't um, don't be the stubborn little kid that says, you know, I'm 
until you answer my why, I'm not moving forward. Sometimes you find your why in the midst of moving forward, and sometimes you move forward in spite of the why, and all you have learned to do is trust God. You do not know why you suffered, but you do know that Jesus suffered. So you tr- you trust him, and you trust one day when you have a conversation with him um, that he, he will be gentle enough to help explain to you um, why you went through what you went through. But even then, his his answer might be because of the sin of someone else. Uh, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry that sin broke the world. But I recreated the world in a, in a picture of my son in a uh, you know, in a reality of eternal life one day. Uh, and it may be that we're, that we're comforted uh, mm-hmm. more than we're answered one day in eternity. Yeah. I love how you said, don't wait to get in the process of healing until you figure out the reason why. Yeah. You got, you got to, you got to start the, you, you've got to start the healing, find your why while you while work forward, while you walk forward. That's Absolutely. So powerful. Yeah. I love the quote you used from um, Charles Swindoll, Pastor Charles Swindoll. You said life, or he said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react. You shared some natural, unhealthy responses to suffering. So let's talk specifically about the suffering that may happen when you lose someone close to you, to, to us or to you. W- would you mind talking about the difference between suffering from the loss and then grieving from the loss of somebody close to you? Is there a difference between those two? There's probably a there's probably a little distinction, you know. Um, grief, uh, grief is something you you move in and out of, um, and you know, years ago somebody wrote a book on the on the five stages of grief that's really been debunked psychologically. Those are not. Um, those are not the five stages everyone like moves through at the exact same time, at the exact same speed, in the exact same order. Those are actually stages that you move in and out of for for extended seasons. Um, and once you're once you're done with one, it doesn't mean that you never go back. Um, so g- grief, grief is something you work through. Grief is something you move through. Grief is really something you feel. It's an emotion. Um, suffering, as we as we look at it in the series, is kind of a state. It's kind of a state of being. So we looked at some very natural but unhealthy reactions to suffering by, uh, you know, a, a frame of a, a famed French anthropologist that says, man, when people suffer here, here's what happens. And, and she talked about isolation being one of those things that happens. She talked about implosion being one of those things that happens. And she talked about uh, this thought of blame. I blame myself being one of the things that happens. Um, you know, I really question God and throw all those things out. I think in the process of grief, you're going to you're going to cycle through all those things. You're going to feel tremendous moments of isolation that, you know, I have now gone through something that it doesn't appear anyone else near me is going through. No one can understand me. I'm all alone. No one will ever be able to help me. In the process of grief, you're going you're gonna to have those moments, but grief turns to suffering when you stay in that moment, and you, and, you just li- and you choose to become that moment. You don't walk through isolation. You become isolated. Um, you, don't wa- you don't walk through implosion. Everything is going to be all bad all the time. Uh, things are so bad for me. I don't have time to pay attention to anyone or anything else Uh, that, you know, kind of that stage of implosion. That's something you're going to go through from time to time when you lose somebody close to you, but it's not a place you can stay. Grief will take you through moments where you think I just don't have the margin right now mentally for anyone else or anything else. But suffering is when you say, I, I'm, I'm never 
going to take time for anyone else or anything else. I'm just going to wallow um, in my grief. Uh, you know, the same thing, the same thing with blame that there's always going to be as you walk through things. What could I have done differently? What what do I wish I would have done differently? Could I have stopped this? Could I have changed this? Could God have changed this? There's going to be moments when you walk through that. But when you begin to live there in the world of what if grief moves through those moments, suffering stays there. And what we have to make through in this journey is that we, we talked about these two key words at the end of the message. Um, suffering either produces or it paralyzes. Paul said we glory in Christ which means we feel the weight of God. We're going to ask that question, I know, in a minute in the podcast. We glory in Christ because suffering produces something. So everyone has to make the choice. Does suffering produce something in you, or does suffering paralyze something in you? And in the stages of grief, suffering will produce things in you. But when we choose to live in suffering, suffering paralyzes. And we said last week, if you don't have a theology for suffering and death— you cannot have a plan for suffering and death. And if you don't have a plan, you won't have an exit. You'll be paralyzed. Don't let suffering paralyze. Let suffering produce. Let it move you through those stages to perseverance, character, and hope. Because you have Jesus, so you have hope. Yeah. Grief's a funny thing, right? Everybody experiences grief differently. I heard it explained to me one time that grief is the bundle of emotions um, that exists inside of us when we experience loss. And we can't put our finger on it on any one specific thing. It's just this bundle of emotions that we can't. So oftentimes I feel like people get confused with, between the idea of grieving and suffering. And I love how you put it. We cannot dwell in the suffering. We've got to produce something through grief. You have to grieve. I mean, you really, Absolutely. you really can't it's walk healthy. through suffering without grieving. Yeah, but suf- suffering is a is a state you remain in. It's not an emotion. Love it that you feel. It's it's a state that that you remain in. I hope that's freeing for somebody listening to the podcast right now. Let's move to question number three. Your key biblical passage from your message is Romans chapter five verses one through five, and I'm intrigued by verse number three, where the apostle Paul reminds the church at Rome that we glory in our sufferings. What an, what an absolutely intriguing comment. I was interested in Paul's use of the word glory. Other translations, as I looked up this week, use the word rejoice. They use the word be glad in your suffering, boast in your suffering, shout, shout praise in your suffering. What was Paul saying when he said we glory in our suffering? Well, we have to remember the, the best English word for the, for the word glory that we find in the he, Hebrew in Greek context of the New Testament, um, is is the word matter, like 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 scientific matter, things you can see, feel. It's something that has weight. It's something that's ex- that has extreme weight. Um, it's something you can feel. So when the Apostle Paul says we glory in our sufferings, he said sufferings are things that allow us to feel the weight of God in our life. Suffering allows us to see how much. God matters. And it's interesting because a lot of times when we suffer, that's when we wonder if God matters the most. Um, But Paul says that's when we realize God matters the most when we suffer. So Paul says in Romans 5, 2, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope that one day we're going to feel God. We, we, we boast in the hope that one day God is going to matter. We boast in the thought that one day God is like we are, we are absolutely going to feel the weight of his presence. And then in the next verse, he says, and that happens when we suffer. 
So a lot, a lot of us, we, we don't hope to suffer, but we do hope to feel the weight of God. We do hope to feel that God matters. And, and Paul says, we hope that one day we're absolutely going to feel God settle into our spirit in a way that matters. And Paul says, when we suffer, that happens. It's not that we're hoping to suffer, but suffering allows the hope that we have of being able to feel the weight of God in our life become a reality because that opens a spot that only God can come in, uh, and fill in a way that allows suffering to produce perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. The last thing you want to say to somebody going through a moment of suffering is, man, we'll take glory in it, take glory in it. It just doesn't seem to be very comforting. So what what does it look like in the midst of suffering to take glory in it? I think it looks like a, a couple different things. You know, again, to, to take glory. What is So you're asking me, here's how I'm translating that, that. What does it look like to feel God? In your sufferings, what does it look like to feel the weight of God in your sufferings? Here, here is how I would say you would feel that as a as a Christian in a healthy environment. I would say Christians in a healthy environment they feel the weight of God in suffering through their spiritual community. They feel it through the people who come visit them in the hospital. They feel it through the people who make them meals. They feel it through the people who mow their yard. They feel it. Um, they feel it through the through the continual and constant communication of spiritual community. Um, I think they feel it in waves of peace that that surpass understanding. Uh, as I talk to people who are going through suffering and I let them know, hey, people are praying for you, they'll say stuff like, we can feel that. Um, and I... And I, I don't know what that means, and I do know what that means. Like, like I, you know, I can't, I can't, tr- I can't translate that into human language. But I know what they're saying is, there have been moments in unbearable loss when I, I feel okay, and I, I think that's God. I think, I think I can feel the weight of God um, in that. Uh, I think you feel the weight of God in encouraging and comforting scriptures, like. When Jesus promised, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I think there are people who have felt incredible loss without feeling incredible loneliness. Now, isolation, sure, they feel alone, but they don't, they don't live in loneliness because they believe laying in that bed where they used to lay by their spouse that Jesus is somehow in the room with them, living in that house where their kids used to live. They feel like somehow Jesus is in the room with them, going to that church where they used to go with their family members. They feel like Jesus is in the room with them. I, I would say all of those and many, many others are ways that people feel the, the weight, um, of God. I think, I think they feel it in sunrises. I think they feel it in sunsets. I think they can feel it in dreams. I think they can feel it in an ocean breeze. I think anytime they're reminded this world is temporal, but there's a real supernatural world that is eternal and your loved ones who've died in Jesus are there and they're waiting for you. All those things are things that help you feel the weight of God pressing into you, filling a void that only God can fill. Well, let's spend the remainder of our time talking about the second purpose of your message. And that was this, learning that suffering always has a purpose. This quote by C.S. Lewis is so good. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Is God really speaking louder to us in our suffering, or is it that we are potentially just a little more attentive to his voice in the midst of suffering? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I will. So I'm, I'm going to reshape just a little bit what you said. So the second point of the message, and I I try to be I try to be real careful here sure. not to sure. um, not to put suffering up on a podium. Suffering can always yeah. serve a purpose, um, but to 
But to say suffering always has a purpose can all can almost make suffering seem like the champion of our spiritual life, as if as if it's a tool God uses um, to shape us ra- rather than rather than a tool God has as a response to the brokenness of sin sometimes. Now, sometimes suffering is a tool that God has to use because you're living in sin, you're living in brokenness, um, and God ha- and God has to get your attention. So sometimes suffering is something God uses. Often su- suffering is something that God responds to. Because remember, God doesn't cause evil. He doesn't tempt pe- people with evil. He doesn't do evil. So when, when we suffer senselessly or we suffer because somebody's acting in evil, God hasn't, we don't believe, put those evil plans in motion. But as a response to suffering, God moves in an incredible way. Um, does God speak louder to us in our suffering, or is, it, or is it that we are potentially more attentive to his voice in the middle of our suffering? I'd say both, probably. I, I would say both. Uh, I would say suffering often allows us to turn down the the other noises in our life. That quote by C.S. Lewis is fascinating. Uh, his book, The Problem of Pain, is fascinating. If you can get all the way through that book and, and just kind of uh, listen to listen to what he has to say in that book about why pain is present and how God uses pain. But but I think it's both. I think um, I think one we're more attentive if our if our heart is soft and we're willing to say okay why am I suffering? Uh, I think God speaks to us clearly. Um, but then I you know I think sometimes suffering uh, does have just a little louder volume uh, in our life than you know than 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 the good days. Um, you know, some, sometimes thunder is a, is a little louder than a gentle breeze, uh, and it just kind of gets our attention um, a little bit when the uh, when the dark clouds gather. Pastor Christian, last question for today, and let's jump back into Romans chapter five for just a moment. Paul states that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Uh, there are things we can learn through suffering, and then there are things that are produced in our lives through suffering. So in your personal seasons of suffering, how have you seen perseverance, character, and hope produced in your life? And what else might you have learned in the process of suffering? So I would say this. I don't know that I saw those being produced in my life in the season of suffering. I think I saw them after the season of suffering. Um, it, it's hard in the season of suffering to wake up and think this is making me a persevering person or this is building great character in me or I have hope. But if you keep walking through suffering and if you keep moving through it, eventually you you just look at yourself one day in the mirror and you think, I'm different. Um, I'm a different person with a different spiritual DNA. Um, and, and problems that used to register a seven on the Richter scale of my emotions after I went through a 10, now they register like a two. And, it's, and, and you just look up one day and you say, I think I'm stronger. I, I just I think I'm stronger. I think I've become a more persevering person because I used to think everything was a seven but then when I experienced 10 a lot most things seem like a two I think I, I I think I've I think I'm growing you look at yourself and and one day your your character has grown uh, you've seen you've seen someone go through something at work that used to have you walk into the cars together in the parking lot cussing the boss you know cussing the government cussing the <laughs> you know whatever um, everyone hates everything and now all of a sudden you're listening to a group do that and you're thinking, that's not as big a deal to yeah, me as it seems so as petty. It, yeah, it seems so petty compared to what I used to go through. And you think, man, I, I think I'm different. I think my I think what I went through is, has changed how I see and feel about things. Um, and then e- and then even hope. It's um, 
it's one thing to have an intellectual hope of heaven. It's another thing to believe somebody that you love very dearly is there. One of those is knowledge. One of those, one of those, I mean, one of those is hope. I mean, one is hopeful. One is hope, That's right? Good. That's good. Um, but you don't think of that the day of. You just you just begin to think. You know, I, I think everyone else is hopeful that there's a heaven. But I, man, I'm like I'm putting all my chips on the table that heaven is real. So I, you know, I don't know in the season of suffering how often you realize that. But I, you know, I think like looking at old photographs. You know, every it's funny how when you look in the mirror, you feel like you still look like you've always looked and then you see a picture someone's posted of you on social yes. media and you're like holy cow that's me well, I had like, hair. yeah i did yeah where did my hair go and man i'm fat and i got a lot of wrinkles on my face and it's like wow i've really changed i think after you walk through suffering you just you just kind of look at the new you and you look at the old you and you think i think i've grown i think i've i think i've i think i've changed the other thing that i think suffering has produced in me as i've walked through it is i think it's it's produced extreme mercy in me towards others who go through suffering there's a it's a certain level of arrogance that i think everyone carries when you watch people suffer thinking come on it's not that bad and then you go through it and all of a sudden man you ju- you just have a real tender heart you're just you're just real merciful you're just real caring you're real gentle uh, and I, you know, I think maybe one of the maybe one of the greatest ways that suffering shapes you is it prepares you to be a, just a much more gentler, merciful person to a suffering world. Um, you know, I I heard Mark Driscoll, who uh, is a is a pastor now in Scottsdale, who was a pastor in Seattle when we were starting our church um, at a conference, say you can only level you can only minister to the level that you've suffered um, because you just you cannot. You cannot minister more deeply emotionally than you've suffered because you don't, you don't even know how. You just don't know how. But if you've suffered greatly, you can minister deeply. Um, and and I, I, I think that's a reality of suffering, too, is that uh, you just you just learn to slow down a little bit. You learn to have some mercy. You learn to have some grace. You learn to be a little more gentle. Uh, I think suffering has produced, has produced that in me in my ministry journey. Well, Pastor Christian, you've really ministered to me just in recording this podcast, and I'm so grateful for your leadership. And uh, we could keep talking about this. And, and guess what? We get to That's next right. week. That's part right. two. Three more weeks. Yep. Two, uh, at least one more week on suffering, and we've only brushed the surface. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode. We pray that in some way our conversation has been valuable for you. If so, would you take a moment and rate and review this podcast on whatever app you listen to this podcast on? You you may be asking, why do you always ask us to do this? And I think that's a great question. And here's the answer. It really helps us increase the searchability of the podcast throughout the various platforms we use. Our audience continues to grow, and it's growing because you are sharing it. So keep sharing the podcast with your friends and your family. It really helps get the word out about this resource. So thank you in advance for taking just a few minutes of your day to to rate and review us. We really do appreciate it. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. 
Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.